Hey, welcome back to the Wrestling Group Podcast. This is your host, Mike. Uh, today, we're just going to run things back from uh, TakeOver Portland, the fallout of uh, NXT, and then we're going to do a little AEW at the end. Let's go for this ride as we on the road to WrestleMania. All right, I know it's been a while. Uh, I just got to say, man, my cable went down. My cable went down. So I missed, I missed uh, SmackDown, the Valentine's Day SmackDown, and I missed the Raw after that, and my and my DVR did not record either one of those, but I did catch Portland. Now, if you're wondering why I'm just now getting on to this Portland, it's honestly because as good as it was, it wasn't a uh, wasn't what we're used to, it wasn't what I'm used to anyway. When I'm watching Takeover, uh, even though most of these matches were extremely predictable actually they pretty much all were very extremely predictable uh the best thing about this taker was every match had a ton of story behind it not one of these matches had any holes in the story it was just very so- very solid uh storytelling um but yeah honestly this takeover wasn't you know it wasn't a wasn't what i'm used to Alright, so, like I say, this takeover didn't hit me as good as most takeovers. Uh, don't get me wrong, it was good. It was a good takeover. It took, you know, they took their time with everything. But the the first match was Keith Lee and Dominic Dajakovic. I don't feel like that should have started the show. And it... Honestly, this match wasn't as good as the as the two matches I remember from, or the three matches I remember from NXT TV, and that's what I was afraid of the most. What I was afraid of the most is is that these guys they put it all out there on TV. So what do you do on pay per view? You know, listen to uh, you know some of the old school guys like Booker T. You know, he's like, you know what. You give the crowd a little bit, but you make them pay for it. You make them wait for the pay per view, and they these guys can do that. They put it all out there on uh on free TV. They put it all out there on free TV. So when they when they get to take over, uh, we've seen all this, <laughs> and they didn't do everything that we even saw on TV. So, which don't get me wrong, I don't like to see, you know, a lot of head spikes, a lot of pal drivers and stuff like that. I don't like to see. I don't like to see. You know, the top of dude's head just be driven into the mat and next bending and all this. That stuff makes me cringe because I want to see these guys wrestle for a long time. Not, you know, I don't want to see them, you know, go real hard and get real hot and then have to stop like Stone Cold and Edge and Kurt Angle and so many others. <clears throat> but yeah, it, honestly, I feel like this match shouldn't have started the show. Uh, starting the show should have been. You know the tag team title match, but the way we the way this takeover goes is Keith Lee and Dominic Kovic they start uh, two big dudes slapping meat. And they really uh they really push through and they really uh just it was a good match man don't get me wrong I'm, I'm doing this off of memory from a week ago, but overall I think it was a, it was a good match it started off slow and then it picked up you know toward the end. With the uh, with the obvious winner, which would have been Keith Lee. Now, for the sake of making everything not so obvious, why not have that title change cans real quick? But you know what? That didn't happen. Not gonna talk about that. Just let it move on. Uh, Keith and Keith Lee should have won it. It's what we always want to see. I mean, I guess, and that was the first match. That was a good first match, but first good takeover match because we already know what those guys can do. I just don't feel like they delivered the way that I wanted them to uh, during that match. Then that's gonna roll right into turn this light on. So turn right. That's a, that rolls right into uh, to the street fight, if I remember this correctly. Now that street fight, uh, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox, Honestly, I didn't think that match was gonna. I didn't think that match was gonna be that good. Dakota Kai, I've seen her have one really good match on TV. Uh, against uh, Shayna Baszler when she was trying to get into the uh, War Games match, and she lost that one. So I, did, I wasn't quite sure what to expect from these two, but 
I mean, that's, but that might be why this, I feel like this one was the uh, match of the night. I feel like this was a match of the night. The, it was, it was a really good match, man. I mean, they used, they used trash cans like I've never seen people use trash cans before. Uh, the hit of the match had to be when Tiganox was just sitting on the apron and Dakota Kai just smacked her clear as, clear as day right in the face. Like she just woke, like she woke her up. That, that, uh, trash can lid swing was everything. Uh, but this match had, uh, a wonky finish, uh, and that's, I think that's one thing that got me with this takeover, is, in this match, we had interference to get the, uh, to get the ending that I predicted, and I predicted everything correctly except for the Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor match, but honestly, when that, when those, when those dudes came down to the ring, I wanted to switch my, uh, Switch my prediction right there. And I, I think I just went with my heart. I went with my heart on Johnny Gargano. But let's go back to Tegan Knox and uh, Dakota Kai. Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, they stole the show. Those women went out there, no title on the line, it's just a blood feud. And they tore the house down. Used trash cans like I've never seen them use them. Uh, it was very brutal. At one point, I did think that. Tegan Knox was gonna win the match, and that's what you want. That's what you want in a in a predictable match. In a predictable match, it needs to look like the person that you think is obviously is gonna win isn't gonna win for a second, and then they win it at the end, and it's okay. You have to do it like that, though. You have to. If you if there's an obvious winner, it can really only truly be one winner. That person needs to look like they're not gonna win, and that's exactly what we got out of Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. At the end of the match, when Dakota Kai was laying on the table with that chair around her neck, and she wasn't moving, I was like, "Oh, smack! She's about to be destroyed." And then, uh, and then we get the look, we get the interference from I cannot remember her name, honestly. Uh, Raquel, I believe her name is. Yeah, she interferes, helps Dakota Kai out. Uh, Fallout-wise, we do know that Raquel and Dakota Kai are partners. Uh, well, they have a an alliance. But during the takeover, uh, we didn't know what was going on right there. Wasn't clear. Dakota's Kai, Dakota Kai's face didn't let us know what was going on. Of course, nobody grabbed the mic, so we don't know. We, you know, we were we were just left to speculate on that. And speculations are correct that Raquel and Dakota Kai are now uh, cool. They have an alliance. Uh, that fo- that was followed up by another grudge match: Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano. Again, I don't feel like this is the correct order. Of this pay-per-view. I don't feel like this match should have been where it is. But nevertheless. Uh, Johnny Gargano. Finn Balor. High quality H2O. You can't go wrong. When you mix these two guys. It was uh, everything you wanted it to be. Everything I wanted it to be anyway. Uh, <clears throat> with a very nice. Very clean finish. Uh, right in the. Right smack dab in the middle of the in the middle of the ring. Finn Balor, uh, Finn Balor, just, you know, Finn Balor, he hasn't lost at a take. Finn Balor's lost at one takeover. The one takeover when he lost his title. Uh, whenever he, yeah, he's had, he's only had one loss at takeovers. Johnny Gargano, he's he's been in, he's been in the most takeovers, but he's also lost the most in takeovers. So it's really honestly not surprising that he lost again here. Uh. And then at the end of the night, it's kind of like, bro, what the hell is going on? Uh, it looks, honestly, by the end of the night, it looks like that that's going to be just it. These guys are going to have one match. Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, one time, at TakeOver. Finn Balor wins, and Johnny Gargano is going to move on. That's what, it, that's what it looks like anyway. And you wouldn't expect that. After you've seen Johnny Gargano really go through some stuff, for him to take one nineteen sixteen, 
get planted in the middle of the ring and then just and then just uh move on with his life that eh, seems like they're just really pushing on around just moving on away from this. But honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing those two go at it again at the next takeover uh, around WrestleMania. But nevertheless, we could still get that. It's still really early. We still got a long time before the next takeover. Uh, probably another six to seven episodes of NXT before we get to the next takeover. So we'll give it time, see what develops. Uh, but then that takes us to Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. Those two women tore the house down. Bianca Belair, once again, uh, looking like the top athlete that she is, looking like, just looking, just looking good, just looking, just man, Bianca Belair impresses me every time, she got, she has to impress everybody, uh, Rhea Ripley, she's gonna have the belt for a long time, at least that way, at least that way it looks like, um, uh, she's so young, man, she's so young, she just got there, I really feel like she shouldn't have the belt yet, or even have it for that long, but she's she's young, she's strong, she's dominant. She's probably gonna have it for a while, but like I think most of y'all feel like me, Bianca Belair, man, she deserves that belt. She's worked she's worked hard for it and I mean, but either way it goes, at the end of that match, uh, which had a very unique finish to it. And it had to be unique to beat Bianca Belair. But uh at the end of that match, Charlotte Flair, what she does, she rushes the ring uh, and answers uh, Rhea Ripley's challenge for that match at WrestleMania, which I love the way they did it because Charlotte Flair never answered Rhea Ripley. She's like, you need to get past Bianca Belair before I say yes. Uh, and for me, that was perfect. For me, that was them trying to in a way, protect Bianca Belair. Make in a way, trying to make it look like uh, Bianca Belair. Like this match isn't just uh, one way predictable. It was awesome. I like the way that they did. Why they had? I like the way they had Charlotte wait to answer Rhea Ripley. That just gave that just gives a a little bit more momentum toward Bianca Belair. It just puts a little bit of. Put a little bit of suspense in the air. When you know when a champ, when you know when a champion is scheduled for a match, like uh, like this Brock Lesnar and Ricochet thing, when a champion is scheduled for a match, like 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 just for instance, Brock Lesnar is scheduled to fight Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. Well, before that, Ricochet is going to challenge Brock Lesnar for the title. You already know that Ricochet's not going to win because Brock is already scheduled to f- defend his title at WrestleMania. So that's why I like that they waited with Charlotte. So just put a little, just just just, let it, just leave it hanging there. Like, I can't say yes because you still got another title defense. You know what I'm saying? It's really just that simple. These brands, NXT and Raw, are up under the same overall brand and company WWE but they did things very differently and it works out better but you're under the same umbrella whatever uh moving on <laughs> moving on man to the tag match the tag title match that should have started the show uh it was high quality man the energy was high and you knew the winners of this match but the but the bruise, the bros away. They took a beating. The undisputed era never looked so good. They've never looked so good as they did in this match, and but we still got the obvious winners of the of the bros aways. Again, done really good. My only problem was at the very end of the night, and then even on NXT TV. The Fallout episode from this takeover, the Undisputed Era really don't seem to care that they lost those tag team titles. Uh, but like I say, there's still plenty of time before uh, before takeover, before the next takeover, and 
the rumor is that the Undisputed Era could be moving to Raw or SmackDown right after Cole loses his title. So if that's so, then they're making it very obvious by not back by seeming like they don't, you know, by acting like they don't care that they lost those titles. But the match was the match had a lot of energy. The match was high quality. The match was a battle. The match was a war, as tag team matches are. And I felt like it should have started the show because I felt like by the end of that match, I felt like the show was just getting started. If I know that's weird to say, considering that this is the match right before the end, but that match had so much momentum on it that that's what you want the rest of your show to roll into. You want your show to start with, with the with that momentum when you got a, the obvious winners taking a beating and then some kind of way coming out on top. That's momentum at the end of that match, and that that momentum is supposed to roll into the next match. But nevertheless, let's go to the main event. Adam Cole, Tommaso Ciampa. Adam Cole is the man, dude. He truly is. Adam Cole is small. But totally a world champion. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa's also... Man, I want to say Tommaso Ciampa's small, but that dude is jacked. That dude is ripped. Uh, but either way it goes, Tommaso Ciampa, man, he uh, couldn't get it done. He couldn't get it done, but honestly, it looks like he... Just watching the match, you would have think he would have got it done because he was... He had that. He wasn't beaten at the end of that match, it, and it wasn't until it wasn't until uh, Johnny Gargano hit Tommaso Ciampa with the title. You know, just double crossing Tommaso Ciampa one more time. Uh, these dudes are always going to be going at it. Looks like, but it was just kind of the way that it happened. It didn't seem organic. It just seems rushed, kind of like. Uh, like, NXT is known and good for having slow slow builds that make a lot of sense. And uh, I don't feel like I got this by the ending of this match. Uh, but the match did end with Adam Cole, of course, retaining his title. But only because Johnny Organo busted Tommaso Ciampa in the head with the title. It's kind of like, yeah. I mean, the referee was distracted with the rest of the Undisputed Era. They came out to help Adam Cole. But, I don't know, man. This That's two matches on TakeOver with interference wins. Uh, it, it seemed more like a WWE show than a NXT TakeOver show. Takeovers are... Takeovers don't have interference wins... And that's that's one of the reason that makes takeover so good because they're solid definitive wins even if they go at it again. There's not usually interference in a match to get the uh, to get the ending. Like well like a normal takeover would have been Tommaso Ciampa pushing Adam Cole to the absolute edge and then losing cleanly to Adam Cole. Making Adam Cole look strong, like he's the man, making him look like the man that he is, and making him look like he just wanted it just a little bit more than Champa. And we didn't get that. John Regano came out there and, you know, finished the match for us. It's like, eh. And that's what I meant by Johnny Gargano just moving on from Finn Balor after that loss, because now y'all heard, now y'all heard messing with Champa. Bro, you you not you not tripping off Finn Balor beating you like that? You know what I mean? Like, oh NXT, my beloved NXT. Not quite sure what's what's up with that. So the next uh, that's just a takeover. Now let's get to the uh, to the NXT Fallout episode. All right, so when it so when we get to the, uh, to the NXT TV, the fallout. Uh, just we're just gonna hit the hot spots on this. We're not gonna go through everything uh, step by step. I'm not gonna not gonna do y'all like that tonight. Uh, we'll probably get back to the step by step. You know, you know, through everything uh, when we talk about SmackDown, probably tomorrow. 
Uh, but yeah, hot spots on NXT. Uh, first off, another high quality H two match, H two O match was a uh, Jordan Devlin, Leo Rush. The match didn't last long at all. I think only about ten minutes. But that was a hot, fast ten minutes. Uh, beautiful match. I think Jordan Devlin is probably gonna try to hold on to the title for a few months. A few months at least. I thought he would have took it straight back to. I thought he would took that that title straight back to the NXT UK, and then just you know just just had on just had it from there. There's a lot of small guys over there. I think they. I thought he would just took it back to there, and then they just, you know, that would have been their second title on their on that show. But it looks like he's gonna hang around here, and I, I'm not complaining. I like Jordan Devlin. I think he looks a lot like Finn Balor, just with a big ass head. But you know, whatever. Train, train. He trained. He was trained by Finn Balor. Uh, he doesn't fight exactly like Finn Balor, but his style is a little bit different. Uh, but I like Jordan Devlin. So hey, I'm not gonna complain that he's on NXT TV. Cause I don't watch NXT UK. The only thing that turns me off about NXT UK is that crowd. Uh, you know, that crowd is just different, and so that's what turns me off about them. That's why I don't watch them. It's not the wrestling; it's the crowd. They, I don't know. It's just different. Uh, but yeah, Jordan Devlin he retains his title against Leo Rush. Uh, man, it was good too, man. Man, that was that was a really good match. Uh, then that's gonna go right into uh. You just like I said, we just hitting hot spots. Uh, Austin Theory and uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Now Tommaso Ciampa comes out there. Uh, real, it was supposed to be a match between Austin Theory and Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, Austin Austin Theory comes down first. Tommaso Ciampa comes down. Uh, he doesn't even wait for Theory's music to end. He just he just hurry up to come down there. He just he tells Theory, "Hey man, not tonight. You know, let's not do nothing tonight." You know, you know, just take it easy, man. I'm not gonna fight you. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa said what he had to say about Johnny Gargano. Basically, Ciampa wants to get back to Goldie. He's not done. That's that's his life. He's gonna get back to that. Uh, but he real, he realizes now. You know, he shouldn't have let his guard down. He shouldn't have went soft for a second. He's never gonna get to that title as long as Johnny Gargano is there. So looks like that could already be set up for the next takeover. Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, the finish. The finish, right there. Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. And, I mean, if you with me, rivalry, rivalry of the year last year had to be Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. Those three matches that they had at the end of the takeovers, where they they were uh, Alistair Black was champ. They you know, but they they were main event in the takeover. In an unsanctioned, and what a couple of street fights. I mean, man, those dudes main event per- perfect main events at that, with no title on the line. So they're gonna go at it again, with no title on the line, most likely at the next at the next takeover. Uh, but Austin Theory, back to, uh, yeah, you remember him? He's still in the ring. Uh, he keeps, he keeps messing with Champa, And Champa just decked him, man. He told, uh, it is messed up, because he told him, man, not tonight. I'm, he's not, he just went in the mood for a match. And Austin Theory was, you know, he just kept, he's like a little kid. Just steady pushing him around and just trying to, come on, man, come on, man, he got decked. It was embarrassing, uh, but like I say, Tommaso Ciampa, he didn't want to. He didn't want to do it with you, bro. You did it to yourself. Uh, another hot spot is uh, the Grizzly Young Veterans are gonna stay in NXT. Hey, I'm not complaining about that either. I like those dudes, uh, but they're gonna stay in NXT for a while. They had a match uh, with oh, with Raw. With Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilder, Wilder, or Wild? No, it's, it's Wild. Yeah, Joaquin Wild. Either way it goes. Yeah, they had a quick match with them. Uh, quick jobber match. Nobody jobs as good as Raul Mendoza. 
And I'm not talking mess about this dude. That dude is really good. Uh, he never wins. He's had a, he's had a few quick you know roll ups or whatever, but for the most part he's he's losing every match. Every time you see him, he's probably gonna lose. He's he's a lot like a uh, uh what's his name? Uh, dang, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on this dude's name. Um, not Montez Ford, but Angelo Dawkins. Angelo Angelo Dawkins was in it was in NXT for a long time. I've seen Angelo Dawkins with a ton of with a lot of different people. Just trying to find that one person. And he got that one person with Montez Ford. But that's kind of the same path that uh Raul Mendoza is taking. Is you know, he's tried he's you know, he's tried a few he's tried singles matches, he's not getting nothing done. He's out there with a few with different partners. He's not getting nothing done. His last partner was was uh, Alberto Carrillo, and he's on Raw. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of like Raul Mendoza. Man, I want you want to see him. You want to see him win. He's always the underdog, uh, but that is what it is. But you know, he went out there, job to young. Grizzly Young Veterans, uh, they're gonna stay here for a while. I'm not gonna complain about that. Uh, other hot spots on this one was a uh, well, the Bros. Waste. They came out, they did their thing. That's not really a hot point. I mean, we know they're the champs now. They're probably gonna be champs for a while. Uh, I hope. My hope in this whole thing is that they have a messy breakup. And with this messy breakup, we get a Matt Dunn and Pete Riddle feud, which I honestly think would be absolutely amazing. Uh, I'm ready for it already. But there's no telling if they're gonna go that way. Hopefully, they, hopefully this is hopefully they got this planned out already. I would love to see them have things planned out months ahead of time, and then just you know just take the time with it. Which I feel like that's what NXT used to do, but right now, with takeovers so close by, I mean these takeovers that are close together, they do these other little super shows like uh, like Worlds Collide. You know they showing up on Raw, SmackDown. You know, take you know uh, Survivor Series stuff like that. NXT NXT is doing so much right now that they're fast tracking a lot of this stuff, and. And it's, it's not in their favor. I'm not liking it. I hate that it's happening. But once again, it is what it is. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to trust Triple H and Shawn Michaels to figure this thing all the way out. I'm going to trust these guys to find a way to slow things back down. And get, us, get everything back on a slow storytelling you know, track get just get back on track, slow things back down. I don't, man. Get back to those, you know, what I'm saying slow things down to get back to those perfect takeovers. It can happen. This there aren't this is not too far gone. They can get right back at it. They just don't. They they NXT needs to keep their own pace. That's the thing about NXT. NXT has always had its own pace. But right now, their pace is is picking up, trying to keep up with the main roster because it's, they're trying to grow and do, do do different things so fast. And it doesn't need to work like that. It doesn't have to be like that. Uh, so that's gonna then that's gonna. Uh, so then Keith Lee comes out. Uh, it's kind of funny, man. Keith Lee comes out, grabs a mic. He's about to. Say something before he can say anything. His opponent comes down, the finest man in all of NXT. Damn, I sat there and I'm drawing a blank on his name. Oh my god, oh my god, I forgot his name. But you know, the finest, he comes down, uh, disposed of really quickly by Keith Lee, and out comes Dominic Dajakovic, and he's just basically. In in a way, I felt like he was whining. He he basically came out there and said, "Look, man, I'm not done. I'm sorry, I'm not done. 
uh, you know, if this one, you know, if I wouldn't have hurt my knee, if I wouldn't have hurt my back, you know, I could have won. If I, you know, if if if, and Keekly is like, hey man, what's up with all that? Uh, what's up with all those excuses, man? The fact of the matter is, I won, and I will fight you anytime, any place. But basically, just don't come out here with all that crying, man. It's not what. No, they don't do it like that. You want to fight? We can fight, but you know what I'm saying. We ain't gonna do all that crying shit. Uh, <clears throat> so hopefully we get another one of those, another match between us two. Uh, but better. I maybe they felt like I felt like they didn't deliver on that last match like they should have, and they want to redeem themselves and just redo it. Hey, I'm all for it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna complain about the match that y'all gave a takeover. I mean, maybe I did a little bit, but for the most part, hey, thank you. I clap. I put my hands up. That was a great match. Uh, but if y'all want to do it again, because y'all didn't feel like that was good enough, then do that shit again. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, uh, then uh, we're gonna get a. So, <laughs> probably one of the best whole moments on NXT. Chelsea Green uh, gets a rematch with Caden Carter, who beat her last week. Uh, so she gets a rematch, basically just going to relaunch just Chelsea Green and Robert uh, Robert Stone brand uh, thing they got going on. Just going to relaunch it. You know, last week was a fluke. You know, you know, our bad. Let's just redo it. And that was kind of funny. That was pretty funny right there. Uh... Well, match the match you know match has relaunched. It's starting off. It's going good. And smack dab in the middle of this match, Bianca Belair comes out. Uh, because I don't know if I mentioned it, but at the end of Rhea Ripley's uh title match with Charlotte Flair, right before Charlotte Flair left, she put her hands on Bianca Belair. So we're gonna get Bianca Belair coming out to uh, cause she comes out smack dab in the middle of this match. She, it is so funny, man. It's so funny. It's why I love NXT because they're allowed to just, just be themselves, and she's just been she's been allowed just to be, just to be the black woman that she is. Seem to me just seems so relaxed and just you know so genuine and from the heart. She comes out. She's like, you know what? Hey, hey, you know, hey, y'all doing good. I'm gonna let y'all finish. I'm not for the mess with y'all match. That's not why I'm out here. I just got something to say. Look straight at the camera to tell Charlotte, hey, you put your hands on me, I'ma whoop that ass. You know what I'm saying? Real quick, straight from the heart. It felt it felt real. It felt genuine. It didn't feel like, you know, somebody told her to say this. It just felt like she needed to get out there and say what she needed to say. And she's so bad that she could interfere. She could just do this smack dab in the middle of someone's match. And as soon as she leaves, the match continues. Uh Chelsea Green did get the win. Only because Robert Stone, Robert Stone helped her uh, trash win. I don't know why they decided to do it like that. Uh, I would love to see Caden Carter get a second win over her, and just you know let Chelsea Green lose a bunch of matches first, and then just have to find a way to be something else. Because this Chelsea Green, uh, basically her total gimmick and look right now isn't hot. You know, it's not something, it's not championship material. It's not any, she doesn't have a NXT championship uh, look about her and, you know, about, she doesn't, she doesn't look like a champion. Uh, so I would, I would love to see her lose a bunch of matches and have to completely reinvent herself and relaunch like that. Uh, but she got the win, whatever. And that's messed up because I love, like I say, I love NXT. Everybody here knows how much I love NXT, but it's not quite delivering at the the correct way, the correct way right now. Uh, and then uh, we're gonna get the main event, which was uh, high quality H two O. Can't go wrong with this. I hated it make takeover, but I can kind of understand why. You, I mean, it's it was a it was a great main event for NXT TV. Velveteen Dream, Roderick Strong. Uh, Dream starts this match with uh, all blue, like overall suit. 
uh, long, strong match. You know, Velveteen Dream gets his back worked over. Either, and then uh, right before he beats uh, Roderick Strong, he decides to take off this blue jumpsuit. And he's wearing purple. He's wearing purple pants with Roger Strong's wife, wife's uh, face spray painted on the back and the front. Uh, just steady playing games with Roger Strong. This is gonna go somewhere else. This is nowhere near over. Uh, so we're not gonna spend a lot of time on it because it's not over yet. Oh, but it's looking good. Uh, hopefully, it makes the next takeover. These dudes, hey, sign me up for that match every week. You know what I mean? Uh, so, that's pretty much it for NXT and the Fallout. Uh, AEW. AEW, they've been doing anything. They've been doing anything. Uh, really stepping it up. I am super happy, super impressed with AEW. Uh, they basically had three main events this past week. Uh, Moxley versus Jeff Cobb. The Lucha Bros and Kenny taking on a uh, Kenny and Hangman for the uh, for the tag titles, and then that cage match with Cody and, and Wardlow. Uh, just we're just gonna be real quick with this. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on AEW, only because I left my notes at the house, but I did write down a ton of notes uh, for this whole show because the whole show was really good. But just hitting on those three matches. Oh, we're gonna talk about this. Battle Royal. Let's talk about that first. Uh, so they had a they had a number one contenders uh, Battle Royal match at the beginning of the at the beginning of AEW, right at the beginning of the show. Uh, which I'm only bringing it up because of the rule change. AEW is their own show. They are doing things differently. Uh, as you know, in a tag team battle royal in the WWE, if one person is, is eliminated, then your whole team is gone. Well, that's the one change that AEW's made to this, uh, made to this whole thing. Is both members of the team have to be eliminated to end the match, I mean, you know, for that team to be out of the match. That was a nice little twist. It, it was perfect. It's probably the way it should have always been. It's the way I w- it's the rules I would have put on it put on this match if I would have been the one to come up with this match, uh, but I'm I was digging that. Uh, like I said, they probably had about three main events: uh, John Moxley and Jeff Cobb. Uh, Jeff Cobb is not officially signed to AEW. He's just there right now for a few for a few matches. That's just right now. Uh, they could very well sign him in the future, but I think right now he is he is enjoying being a free agent. Uh, and, and being able to go anywhere and do whatever he wants to do. Uh, so, hopefully they do get him signed. Because that would be Mage. He's a dude you do want to sign. You don't want Jeff Cobb just out there floating around and, you know, making money. You know, being a draw somewhere else. You need to get him in on your TV week after week. Or every two weeks or however y'all want to do it. You need to get Jeff Cobb. You need to sign that dude. Uh... But yeah, Jeff Cobb and Moxley, uh, good man. Jeff Cobb was looking dominant. He beat the hell out of Mox. Uh, AEW, they they've been doing something that WWE doesn't seem to ever do. Is they let dudes on their debut match actually lose. Dudes can lose in AEW, and it looks good. Now, the finish to this match was a superplex from Cobb to Moxley. And then, uh, and then Mox, of course, and what it looks like for me, what I got from it was they hit the mat so hard that that allowed Mox to, you know, get a quick roll up by grabbing, uh, Cobb's legs and just kind of getting a quick pin out of nowhere. Uh, not everybody saw it like that. Some people saw it as a wonky finish, like that like maybe that shouldn't have never happened. Uh, but I liked it. It was a roll up win, not a clean "I knocked you out" win. Uh, that's the type of win you need to get right there when somebody loses. And so another person made their uh, AEW in ring debut, and they lost as well, very differently. 
but at the same time, they still look very strong. Uh, so we're going to get to that right at the end. So the second main event, which was, I don't know how they do it, <laughs> but it had to be mentioned tonight, Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page defending their titles against the Lucha Bros. These, this match was high-quality H2O. Man, those Lucha Bros is so crazy to me because Lucha Bros, they do not follow rules. They do not follow the rules of American Tag Team Wrestling. They they turn every match that they're in into a into, into a Mexican AAA uh, tag team match, which basically in Mexico, if you're in a tag match, if your partner gets thrown out of the ring, then you can just come in and become the legal man. Uh, and basically in Mexico, there's no real count. Uh... As long as, you know, the two, as long as two partners are in the ring, you know, doing tandem doing tandem offense, there's not really a count in Mexico. So, at one point during this match, uh, the referee was doing his 10 count before he would have to, you know, disqualify the Lucha Bros. And, and at one point, he just stops counting. Because they're not getting out. They're not, they're basically not paying attention to, to the count. They're going to do what they're going to do. This is basically a tornado tag match, uh, but it was still good. I don't, it's still good, man. I, it, and I'm a dude that likes to see people follow the rules. Rule, I believe rules are in place for a reason, and I like to see clean, definitive, definitive wins. Uh, with Lucha Bros, uh, a tag match with the, with the Lucha Bros. There will be tags. Don't get me wrong; it's not like they don't tag at all. They try. But they turn every match into into a tornado tag match, and it's always a lot of fun every time. Nobody has most of the teams at AEW. They have really good tandem offense, and it's more because they get a ten count instead of a five count when you know when when they're in the ring. So they so they have more time to do more you know to do more moves to really show off. You know what they can do as a team versus just you know the which I if I have to say started to become kind of boring WWE tag matches. Uh, but it was still really good. Like I say, high quality H two O. Definitely the second main event of the night and the third main event of the night. Uh, the first ever AEW cage match. Uh, first off. This cage was mage. This cage was huge. Uh, it was probably the height of the hell in the cell. Probably about that tall. Uh, with only a few inches between the ring and the floor. Because this, this cage, this cage match, this steel cage match didn't uh, actually fit the ring perfectly. It went all the way to the floor. It wasn't on the edge of the ring. Uh, so and there was like a little bit of space in between the cage and the and the uh, in between the cage and the ring, not enough space for you two dudes to get down there and start fighting. But either way, it's just kind of how they had it. Looked very different. It's very tall. Uh, basically, it was basically a hell in the cell with an open top. Basically, that's how tall it was. Uh, but this was the main event, as it should have been. Uh, Jr. took some shots. I'm glad I'm remembering this without my notes. But JR took a shot at the WWE because AEW tag matches. Here goes the second rule change of the night that I was telling you about a while ago. Uh, AEW's cage matches do not, you can't win by escaping the cage. Which, uh, me personally, I've always thought was really, really dumb. I didn't like it. One reason, it's one reason I wasn't, I was never into a cage match is. I don't feel like you should be able to walk out the door or climb over the top, which 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 is dumb. Why would you climb over the top if you can just walk out the door? Uh, <laughs> either way it goes. Uh, that's not how you win a cage match at AEW. In AEW, you gotta win pinfall submission in the middle of that ring. The cage is supposed to just keep people out, keep the action in. You're not supposed to be able to escape the cage and win. And don't get me wrong. The WWE, they do a good job uh, when they do have a cage match 
of making the finish good. But this this cage match, and that's that's exactly what Jr. said. Jr. shot was <laughs> he sat there explaining the rules of how you win this match, and his shot was the way it should have always been. That was his shot. The way it should have always been. What are you saying, bruh? You have a podcast, Grilling JR. Or Grilling with JR. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is. I'm subscribed to it, but I haven't listened to it in a while. Uh, you have your own show. Why are you shooting on live TV, bruh? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But either way, it was really good, man. Uh, Wardlow beat the hell out of Cody like he was supposed to. Uh, Cody did have to win this match just to get his match with MJF at Revolution. And uh, and it's so cool, man, that J- MJF made these stipulations, which seems like so long ago. And they've done the best they could. They've could. They've done the best they could to really stretch this out all the way into the pay per view. And shouts out to AEW one more time for dropping that Nightmare Collective gimmick that they had Brandy Rose doing. Uh, they realized that it was it wasn't good. It was trash. They was like, you know what? Let's just drop it. Get rid of it. Uh, we're sorry we did that to y'all. Sorry, made y'all sit through it. They didn't just push it through. Uh, so I know I know I've mentioned that before, but I just want to mention that one more time. Uh, but yeah, this match it was really good. Uh, instant classic. Cody Rhodes is he's such a good storyteller, man. And you know he learned that in the WWE, but we didn't get to see that a whole lot from him. And you know where he learned it from. And here he is in AEW using everything he's learned over the years and putting on instant classics time and time again. Uh, awesome match, man, by Cody and Wardlow. Ward- and this was Wardlow's in-ring debut in WWE. Any person's in-ring debut will always be a win. Jeff Cobb lost, and, show- and so did Wardlow. Uh, and War- this is how they made Wardlow look so strong. He beat the dog hell out of Cody, and then... After he beat the dog hell out of Cody, uh, he survived a crossroads from Cody, which is Cody's finisher. You know, he's that's how he wins his matches. He survived that match. Then Cody, you know, went to the top of the cage, got up there as quickly as possible, and without even turning around or stopping and looking around or looking, he went to the top of the cage and jumped off immediately, just as fast as I just said it. <laughs> yeah, that's how fast he did it. I was like, whoa, bro. You didn't look for nothing. Uh, but Wardlow, he didn't let him, you know, crash and burn. He he took the hit. Uh, and that's how Wardlow lost. The crossroads can get it done. So Cody had to go to the absolute top of the cage and throw his entire body at him and get the win. That's how you let somebody lose and look extremely strong. AEW. They have been taking their time, doing things the right way, trying to do things differently, trying to do things the right way. Uh, so, shouts out to them for the good TV, the good wrestling that they're allowing me to watch. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, I do plan on still, I do still plan on, I still plan on, I do still plan on checking out your, uh, uh, this AEW, still plan on checking out Revolution. I know it's 50 bucks, I'm probably going to pay it. And just watch it, you know what I mean? Uh, I plan on watching. I plan on having a good time watching it, man. All these matches are looking major, looking big. Uh, but this is gonna be one hell of a week. Uh, so we get Raw on Monday, NXT and AEW on Tuesday. I mean on Wednesday, and then Thursday is gonna be Super Showdown. Then those guys got to get back from Super Showdown on Thursday. Get back to the United States for Raw on Friday. Honestly, don't do them like that, man. I know it's too late. I know you're not going to make a change for me. But next year when you do this, tape that SmackDown. Tape that SmackDown in Saudi Arabia. Get those people an extra show. And don't make your talent try to get back 
you know, to this side of the world and do another show like that, man. Show some compassion. Do something reasonable. It's so we could take a we could have we could take a, a tape smackdown every now and then. Ain't gonna kill us. Just put it on, you know, as long as it come on at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Tape that and give it to us taped. And give Saudi Arabia an extra show. Get that bread too while you're over there. But don't don't do that no more. Don't make them don't make those dudes work over there and they have to get back here and work again. It does seem inhuman. It doesn't seem fair. And it's not fair to them or fair to us because they're going to be tired. The show, the show, if the show suffers, people don't put that into consideration. They're just going to say, oh, this sucked. Get, show some compassion now. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, my bad, y'all. No, I got a little, a little anger at the end. Uh, but I, I'm a hard worker. I, I understand hard work. I've, Broke my back and worked as hard as I could and put my life on the line f- for a very long time. So it, I get passionate when I see people being overworked when it could be done a whole different way. Uh, but that's the end of this show. Uh, if you want to get on, oh, big news, big news, big news. Uh, we have a Facebook group now. There is a wrestling groupie Facebook group out, Facebook group out there with all the episodes on it for a quick act, queasy, quick easy access uh, to every show. Uh, thanks for all the support we've been getting so far. Uh, I'm going to send out invites. Uh, if you listen to it for the first time, just you know, get on Facebook, go to groups, and search wrestling groupie. Uh, you'll see a picture of this of a SmackDown ring from the last time I went to SmackDown. I had a pretty good seat, so I took a picture of the ring. That's the picture that's actually on the Facebook uh, wrestling groupie profile picture, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna send I'm gonna send out invites here in a second. Uh, but yeah, fine, you know, let's get on there. Uh, we got our own Facebook group now, uh, so I'll see y'all there. Uh, I'll be back here soon with another episode of the Wrestling Groupie Podcast. If you want to get on, uh, man, you know what to do. Hit me up. Inbox me. And I will get you on this show. We'll sit back. We'll just talk some wrestling. Talk about the shows. Or just talk about wrestling in general. If something's going on that you want to rant about. You want to have a you You want to rant. Then rant on this show. Like I say. This, I'm the wrestling groupie. This is, this is not my show. This is our show. So if you want to rant. Or you want to give some props. Whatever you want to do. Then let's do it. Hit me up on Facebook. Peace.